speak in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. During September, we celebrate the season of creation in our diocese, appropriate since it's the beginning of spring. This season represents new growth, new life, and new beginnings for us after the slowing down of winter. The season of creation is part of the longer season after Pentecost in the church's liturgical calendar, the season after the day of Pentecost, the day when Christ's disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered to spread the gospel message throughout the world. It is the season when we consider discipleship, the church's mission in the world, and the season when we focus on our encounter with Jesus, with it, through his teachings, through his word, his parables, his miracles, and through his example. The Old Testament reading for today from the prophet Jeremiah depicts God as the creator, as a potter working at his wheel. The people and the nations are symbolized as clay that God lovingly, lovingly formed into pots in his hands. When we rebel against God's teachings, we become flaws in the clay and imperfections in the pots that need to be remade. In this season of creation, Jeremiah seems to call us to be responsible custodians of God's creation, custodians of the environment, for us to be aware of the consequences that our lifestyle choices will have on climate change, and for us to strive to reform our way of living, to be remodeled by the potter in order to make some difference in preventing global warming. Jeremiah calls us to turn back every one of you from evil, the, the, from evil conduct, mend your ways and your actions. If the nations which I have threatened turn back from their wicked ways, then I shall think again about the disaster I had in mind for it. Turning back from our comfortable, self-centered, easy choices is seldom, seldom easy, and Jesus cautions us that being a follower of Christ is filled with challenges. As disciples of Christ, we acknowledge our role as stewards of God's creation and our responsibility towards supporting a sustainable environment. The Gospel reading today from Luke's Gospel recognizes the challenges and demands of discipleship and points to the need for careful consideration before we make such a commitment. The Gospel gives a number of searching requirements the first is Jesus' teaching on the love of God. The opening words of our Gospel reading state this, yet we need to consider them more carefully as they appear, appear on the surface to go against the central message of love we find in the New Testament, the message Jesus taught earlier in his prophetic journey to Jerusalem, as recorded in Luke, in chapter 10, where Luke tells of a lawyer who responded to Jesus with the greatest commandment in the law, correctly stating the two commandments we hear each time we come together to celebrate Holy Communion. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. This morning we heard Jesus' words recorded by Luke saying that if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother wife and children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, he cannot be a disciple of mine. 
language here is strong, but should not be interpreted literally as advocating hatred towards anyone, hate being the opposite of love. Rather, we should interpret hate here as a metaphor, a comparative degree of love, where one would effectively choose love of God and make the choice for the kingdom of God at the top of the scale of love, so far above any other preference that whatever we may choose second to our love of God would be so far down the scale that it would seem to be the opposite of love itself. In Matthew's Gospel, this meaning is clearer, where in chapter 10 he records Jesus as saying, No one is worthy of me who cares more for father or mother than for me. No one is worthy of me who cares more for son or daughter. In order to be a disciple of Christ, Jesus teaches us we are to love our neighbour as ourself. Yet this love may be surpassed only by our love of God. A similar understanding may be found in the first letter of John, where he writes, If someone says, I love God, while at the same time hating his fellow Christian, he is a liar. If he does not love a fellow Christian whom he has seen, he is incapable of loving God whom he has not seen. When he declared that a disciple should carry his cross, Jesus warned that discipleship is not an easy choice. Discipleship entails enduring discomfort and personal sacrifice while following Jesus' path. Jesus then went on to relate two short parables illustrating the importance of prayer and seeking God's guidance before we take any action. Prayer and reflection on the commitment required for discipleship and the endurance needed to see such commitment through. To build a tower, Jesus said, requires first sitting down and calculating the cost to see whether he could finish it. And to march into battle, he warned, requires first sitting down to consider whether with 10,000 men he can face an enemy coming to meet him with 20,000. Paul's letter to Philemon gives further examples of what it means to be a follower of Christ. This short letter is filled with intimate and personal references to Paul's own life of discipleship that we are encouraged to follow. The precise circumstances of, the, of this letter are not certain, but indicate that Paul was in prison when he wrote this appeal. A runaway slave, Onassimus, came into contact with Paul while he was in prison, seeking mediation and help. It may be that Onassimus sought Paul out because he had met him when he had visited his master, Philemon, on one of Paul's missionary journeys, and that he knew that he held Paul in high esteem. Paul gave Onesimus refuge, brought him to embrace the Christian faith, and baptized him. Slavery formed the backbone of the Roman Empire during the first century, the time that Paul wrote his letter, and slave owners had exclusive rights over their slaves, while they were responsible for their slaves' protection. They also had the legal right to inflict punishment on them, even death. The practice of slavery went against the gospel message of love and liberation for God's people, and Paul, in his letter, makes this clear. 
Paul sends Onesimus back to his master with a letter that we read earlier, appealing to Philemon to accept his runaway slave back again. But this appeal goes beyond seeking reconciliation and restoring relations between master and slave, as it worked towards establishing entirely new relations, new inclusive social structures that were intended to replace the old ones, effectively dismantling the former ones. Paul wrote as Christ's ambassador and prisoner, who also invited Philemon and his community into a more committed following of the Lord. Paul appealed to Philemon to receive his former slave back with love and forgiveness, saying, I thank my God always when I mention you in my prayers, for I hear of your love and faith towards the Lord Jesus and for all God's people. Paul appealed to Philemon to accept Onesimus back, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dear brother. He went on to petition Philemon to regard his former slave as he would regard Paul himself. If then you think of me as your partner in the faith, he wrote, welcome Onesimus back as you would welcome me. That is, with the love and dignity of one who comes even as Christ's ambassador. Paul called, Paul called for a radical reversal of the master-slave relationship prevalent in Roman society at the time, and he called on Philemon as he calls on each one of us to follow Christ's example of humility and servanthood, servanthood in his words and actions. Paul's letter recognizes the connection between all people inviting us to see each other not as slaves, but as very dear brothers and sisters, the body of Christ. The close connection we have with each other reminds us that we are all affected by climate change without exception, and that by making choices that protect the environment and prevent global warming, we show that we care for each other, most especially for the young and for future generations, and for those who are most affected and most vulnerable, the poor. Jeremiah calls us to re-examine our ways and to make a commitment to caring for the environment by making choices that help to stop climate change caused, caused by global warming, showing that through our actions, our love of God and our love for one another are demonstrated. As stewards of God's creation, we are encouraged to walk, work towards establishing a sustainable community of love that includes caring for the environment and transcends all divisions such as nationality, race, gender, class or status. A community that reflects the reign of God on earth. And as we come together as members of that family, the body of Christ, to celebrate Holy Communion, let us remember Paul's words to Philemon as spoken to each one of us today, words that may also be our prayers for each other. I thank my God always when I mention you in my prayers, for I hear of your love and faith in the Lord Jesus and for all God's people. My prayer is that the faith we hold in common may deepen our understanding of all the blessings which belong to us as we are brought closer to Christ. 
Your love has brought us much joy and encouragement. Through you, God's people have been much refreshed. Amen. Amen.